I think that there's a peace that comes when you know who you are. And so I know that I'm a great friend. Yeah. I love my friends. My friends love me. That's ultimately what matters. It's a social place. Oh yeah, it's a social place. Yeah, let's do a little more volume. Welcome to A Social Place, brought to you by Amalite Studios, a podcast focused on opening up the conversation around the creative industry, bringing on amazing people, amazing talents to talk about their process, their life, and all in between. My name's Emil Nava, music video director. My musical co-host, Alex Russick, on the ones and twos. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. How are you, Alex? Oh, man, I am doing super good. I am hanging out this morning. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man. Here we are. Loving it. I'm so glad we're here today. Yeah. We have an amazing guest today. Oh yeah. Raquel Stevens, longtime friend of mine. Uh, I've been on her podcast. Uh, she is a writer, producer. She is an extraordinary woman and she's doing such amazing things for the world. Um, we're talking about some projects that we can do together in the nonprofit space and the mental health awareness space. And she has a new book that she's coming on to talk to us about. Oh, shit. She's also in a documentary at the moment that's getting a lot of heat online, so I think we're going to touch on that. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to touch on a lot of things, you know? Like, we when we did one together, we maybe chatted for an hour, and that was very mental health-focused. Um, when I think today we're going to touch on everything, her favourite music videos, her life and career, um, her new book and everything in between. So, first up, a call sheet. A call sheet. For those of you that don't know, the call sheet is a document that basically maps out everyone who's on the crew for the shoot. So it send, goes out the night before, it's got everyone on it, it's got emails, you know, it's just it's basically our way of seeing who's on the shoot. Uh, so we thought it'd be a fun segment and a fun way to bring on our guests all right all right welcome thank we you are. for having me thanks for coming raquel meet alex alex raquel hi, hi alex. <laughs> nice to meet you alex is looking too cool <laughs> we like to just have musical interjections like i'd be like how does raquel sound what do you think raquel sounds like Ooh. See? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to have this in a day-to-day -day life? All you know, day, you're yeah. just like chatting with a friend. It's like, Alex, I'm a little angry. I'm a little angry. How do I sound? <laughs> 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 it's so good. It's so good. It's great. Yeah, Alex is our Alex is full-time Amalek. He he's a writer, editor. I actually edited uh Selena Gomez video recently, the Rema. Song oh, calm down video. Amazing. You did, I, yeah. I loved that video. Yeah, yeah. I love that crazy, video. And that song. Charm did it. Alex edited That's it. So, like, such yeah. a small world. Everybody's connected, yeah. really. And kind, I, but kind of through like this. Because yeah. you introduced me to Charm. Yeah. We signed Charm. 
charm met Alex through me. Yep. And then that's so like, you really, you were the spawn of the him Nexus. editing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Well, welcome. Thank welcome. you. It's Thank- so good to be here. Yeah, really great. You know, I kind of teed it up a bit, you know, as you know, just trying to kind of set up this podcast really to just kind of open up the conversation with amazing people. You know, I think that the idea of like the people that are behind the scenes, not even being behind the scenes, but just we work on so many amazing things, right? And I feel like always on my, you know, Instagram, I'm getting asked questions like, how do you do it? How do you get into it? And, you know, I think one thing about yourself is you're, you're doing a lot of different things, right? You're writing, producing, you've got the nonprofit work. We did a podcast together. I mean, yeah. you're doing a lot of things, which is amazing. So how, how did we meet? I like to hear other people's POVs because sometimes you're like, oh, is that how yeah, we yeah, met? Yeah. <laughs> well, we met through um, your partner, Christina. Mm-hmm. She's, she was one of my first friends when I moved to LA and, and her and I, back in the day, we just had so much fun together. Like, she's the best. And um, then I remember you were doing one of Selena's music videos. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There, yeah. Here it is. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So you did Selena's music video, and then we met there. And I remember I was like, I, you just had really good energy about oh, you, and I liked you. You're real. I, I love that. And yeah. so I feel like you always stay true to who you are. And and I love Christina. And so that's how we met. I thought we'd start with some icebreakers. You know, love it. Just to get us going. What did you eat for breakfast? I had two sausages from Erwan for breakfast. Wow. Interestingly enough, so I I have low blood sugar. And so recently I was like, you know what? I actually need to take care of this, not ignore it. So what happens is hypoglycemia. So it will drop. And then all of a sudden I'll be starving. Yeah, mood change. So it doesn't need to get to that point. So I talked to a nutritionist and she said, you need to have a lot of protein um, so mm. in the morning, what I would do is everything wrong. I would like go and have my coffee. Yeah, yeah, no not, food, eat, not eat till caffeine spike. Not eat till I got hungry. Yet. So it's I've just been trying to get better about being more diligent we, with we my just, breakfast. We just spoke about that. We spoke about the fact that like I don't know. For me, setting up the day is so important. Like if it I is. don't set up right you know, I'm off, I'm moody or whatever it is. You know, it's kind of hard to operate the rest of the day when you start. I think that's true for everything in life, right? Like how we start anything is important. It is true. Set it up right. Yeah. What brings you joy? Um, My relationships, so my friends and my family, people are what makes me happy and, yeah. Welcome to a social place. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite music video? We talk a lot about music videos, so I thought it would be a good little. That's a great question. Um, My favorite music video. Mine's Justin Timberlake, Crimey River. Oh, that's a great video. I think it's just Mm. the perfect. I think it's like the perfect video. It's like he played. They played with what was going on in the world. Yeah, it was beautiful. The dancing. It was just like everything. You know, rain. The rain, I mean, it was a beautiful I think I was in Sweden a couple of months ago and I couldn't sleep. And on the TV, they had, um, it was all the like early 2000s music uh, videos. So nostalgic. I don't have one specifically coming to mind, but I think if I had to pick a certain time where the music videos were really on point, I feel like that was, you know, you had Britney Spears, you had Avril Lavigne, you had Missy Elliott, it was a time. And literally, I was laying in bed, I'm like, every video that came on, I was like, this is great, this is great. Like, was oh, so cool. I remember I came to LA when I was like the first time when I was like 19 or yeah. something and I was, you know, I was just getting around the city, you know, and I, and uh, and I met this guy in this club. I think it was what Bootsy Bellows is now. Okay. And 
I was like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I art direct the Missy Elliott videos. And wow. I was like, wow, that was pretty cool. That's very cool. And then his car pulled up and it was a Range Rover. And it was right when Range Rover just came out. I said, that's my favorite car. And he just threw me the keys and said, you can drive it. No way. I didn't Ooh. drive it. I didn't drive it. <laughs> like, I'm not going to risk that. Yeah. What about your favorite song of all time? Oh, wow. It's hard when it's of all time. Mm-hmm. Um I just love music so much. It's so hard for me to pick because it depends on my mood. I actually, I listen to a lot of um, worship music. My faith is a big part of my life. So I find that like those types of songs are are like my number, number one. But then other times it depends on my mood. Like I can get into like a Bruce Springsteen vibe, that, that genre, or I love, you know, the beautiful ballad Celine Dion, Adele. Um, and then, yeah, it just it just kind of depends on how I'm feeling. I, even sometimes I'm like, I'm going to put on some Kenny G. But I could get into... A funny fact. I what? play golf with Kenny G. No way. I do. He's a member at my where I play. And, uh, yeah, we just seem to play golf a lot. Well, wow. he his yeah. music is amazing. I Have like... you watched the documentary? No, there's oh, a Kenny G documentary? Amazing. Just no came way. Out, it just came out on HBO Max. It's amazing because it... Uh, there's so many things I didn't know about Kenny G. There's wow. so many things. Okay, you, I'm going to watch here's that. Here's a good fact. Yeah. Kenny G was one of the original investors in Starbucks. I did know that. I what? did know that. Uh, like, first 10. I think the first I 10. I mean, that was a smart move. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's where, like, <laughs> don't matter the 100 million albums or every song, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he did that. Starbucks so. was it. Starbucks money. Yeah. So... A big thing we want to do on this podcast is just talk about like people's journeys and how they kind of got into it and yeah yeah and how they succeeded and how they stayed in it right because I think that like I get asked so much about like how you get into it how you get into it it's like yeah it's one thing getting into it you know a lot of people could open the door you can get the you can get the door open you could you know that can happen but then how do you stay in it how do you create longevity how yeah. do you actually like operate in this business so that, that's such a good question um so i moved to la when i was 18 um with my family I, I was in my first semester of college in chicago and um just went through a breakup honestly and and my family was moving here and they said do you want to move with us or do you want to stay and it's like i'm such a believer of everything happens for a reason yeah. I, at the time i was so devastated but like it pushed me to move to la yeah. and it's an amazing city but i'm lonely right and i'm taking community college classes. I had done an internship in Chicago before I moved out here at a news station. Um, So I thought maybe I was going to go the journalism route. I was always interested in people's stories. Um, Knew actually that I wanted to be in in the entertainment industry, but I thought maybe more the the broadcast journalism route. Mm -hmm. So then the woman that I worked for at the news station connected me with my first job in LA, which had nothing to do with the news. I was managing this (laughs) high-end art showroom in um, Beverly Hills. And was kind of on that path. And so life was good. The city was good, but I was lonely. And I, I'm a social person. My friends are everything to me. And so I remember one day I was crying. I was, I still remember it so clearly. I was driving down Highland yeah. and I prayed out loud. I said, God, if this is where I'm meant to be, I pray that I would make the best friends I've ever made in my entire life and mm. that you would make it clear. And I'm going to give it a one-year timeline. I said that out loud or I'm going to go back to Chicago. I feel a lot of people don't know that about LA, how lonely it truly it's is. It's so lonely. Know? And I think it's like any major, well, any, I don't want to say any major city. It's any city, but especially when you're yeah. in places like LA and New York and and London. Like, it is. I think LA more than any of them. I maybe. agree. Yeah. Because I, I grew you, up in New York and I, I found yeah, LA much And harder. I grew up in London. I think that LA, I think the same with LA with like the drive. You, it, someone said to me, um, the LA's life by appointment, you know. So unless ah, you, that's a good uh, yeah, way unless to you have it, yeah. appointments, I've even felt lonely in LA 
when I've got like loads of things happening because there's something about you sit in your car so much and you're just in your head I feel so much it's a good point because I think when you're in New York you're in London like you're walking down the street you can go into a bar you can go into a coffee shop everybody's like friend you kind of make friends with I mean especially in London in England you go into a pub you're you're everyone's friend you know you're and I think you have people just in your you so you're like oh look at that person oh you're just you're thinking outwardly when in LA I feel I just sit in my car and I just think about my life and my thing and you just get very I feel interest like you just become a bit like not self-obsessed but it's just like it's impossible to not think about your own life constantly it's a good point so, yeah, so I prayed. I was like, if this were meant to be, I pray that I make the best friends I made in my life and make it clear or I'm going back to Chicago. So then um, slowly, like, you know, through different people, I started to meet people. And then you would make plans with someone and they cancel, yeah. they cancel. So I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm like, keep pushing through, keep, you know, showing up to stuff. I was like going to church at the time. So I would meet people through church and then someone would invite me to an event or something. And and it would be at like a club or an over 21 place. And I'm I think I'm like 19 at this time. So I would tell yeah. the bouncer, I'm like, hey, listen, like I, I recently moved to L.A. Like I, I don't have that many <laughs> friends yet. I've been invited to this. I, I promise I won't drink or anything. I just want to come in. And, and a lot of times the bouncer was like, okay, like you can come in and whatever. And so I had no to, way. because I, I think I had my faith and like a deep sense of self because of my spirituality, I was able to go in to places alone knowing that, okay, maybe no one will talk to me or or whatever, but I'm still going to go in. I'm going to introduce myself to people. I'm, I'm going to say hello. And then wow. I started to make friends. And then that Christmas of, again, the same year that I prayed about it, my parents knew a couple I made friends with their son on Christmas Day. We were at their home. <laughs> he, at the time, was living with a guy named um, Jason Kennedy, who was a host at um, for E! News. Got you. And they were really kind to me. They started including me in their friend group and um, met, started meeting like my core group of friends um, through that. Yeah, so meet a friend through that Bible study, end up through that friend meeting Selena, And so I had this solid friend group. I was still taking community college classes. I was still working at this art showroom. And then um, I wanted to get back into the journalism stuff. And I had kind of realized, I think I need to drop school. It's not, it's just not really working out for me. It's not for everyone's school. I think that like, sometimes with school, it's like about trying to find where you're going. But if you feel like you find where you're going... Yeah, I just found where I'm going, you know, in other ways. So I started doing different freelance red carpet work, was still kind of doing the um, journalism thing, but in, yeah. a, in a different way. And also the news business had changed so much. So I realized if I was going to take that broadcast journalism route, I would have had to move to a small town in Kansas or Iowa. You start yeah. in a small market, you work your way up. The goal is by like 40, you end up at, you know, bigger market, Chicago, right. LA, New York. And I was like, that's just not for me. Like I... I like my life in L.A. I'm happy here. I feel like I'm living in my purpose. So anyways, my path career-wise has been extremely unconventional. I've worked a million different jobs within the entertainment industry, stuff that was in my gifting, stuff that wasn't. And then finally, I'd say over the last three years, I've really been able to step into my purpose, and that's focusing on content that makes a difference. So yeah. whether that's through a podcast, a book, a documentary, the theme is the same, and that is to help people and spread a message of love and joy and hope. And so how I've been able to maintain that and not lose myself within this industry comes from having a spiritual life. And yeah. I think that 
it doesn't just apply to entertainment. Anyone that's listening to this, whatever industry they're in, if you are not deeply rooted in something bigger than yourself, you will not be able to handle this life in an effective way because life is hard and hard things happen and great things happen. But when the great things happen, you can't let it go to your head. And when the hard times come, you also can't let it get into your soul. Yeah. And so I've been able to stay in this industry and stay grounded and stay rooted because I have a deep spirit life that is bigger than anything else. Wow. That was well said. That was well mm -hmm. said. I, um, yeah, I think that everyone's trying to find the, the higher meaning in it. Like, yeah. for me, I didn't really grow up with religion. You know, I think that my dad was, you know, my dad was my dad. We should, we, we'll go on to my dad because, you know, I think, well, you know, this, I don't know if the people watch it, but he had bipolar and stuff. So he was, yeah. a, he was a, a certain type of man. So he, anyway, he didn't fill me with a lot of faith, but he did fill me with a lot of spirituality and like the idea that there is a, a higher force and a bigger meaning. So yeah, it's uh, very well. Well, and I so. want to say too, I think spirituality looks different for everybody. Some people find that through religion. Some people find that through meditation. Yeah. But they're all paths to God. And 100%. I know that to be true because I have, you know, in all my relationships, I have friends of different religions. I have friends with no religion. And we have a deep spiritual connection. And so I think there's wow. many paths to finding that i like that i do like that because mm. i definitely feel as you get older you're trying to find like yeah trying to find your spirituality do you know what mm -hmm. i mean mine i think at the moment is meditation you know mm -hmm. i feel like yeah you going into the ocean too there's something really that connects you i feel that when i'm like deep yeah. in nature you know that's so true 100%. nature is god ultimately yeah, right nature absolutely. is is something bigger than ourselves and yes. so i feel the same way a hundred percent my yeah. that's what was crazy about my dad like he was obsessed with nature yeah you know and he he would say he was an atheist he would outwardly be like i'm an atheist i don't believe like he would get kind of angry if it, like mm -hmm. In the mm -hmm. conversation, but funnily enough, he was obsessed with nature. So tell us, I mean, the, the big, you know, the big one is you've just written a book. Yes. Yes. yes I've written a book with um, my close friend, Tanya Rad. She, when I was talking about friendship, she actually was one of my first friends in LA wow. and her and I have both been a great place of support for each other. And it will be two years in, in January when the book comes out. So wow. yeah. And big journey then. Yeah. And she, she just called me. She had been working on a different kind of book and, and wanted to actually, it was a book about dating. And she, <laughs> she was like, I, I, you know, it was during the pandemic and everything. And she had said how much her devotional book had been helping her. And she's like, would you want to partner on this and, and do it together? And I was like, absolutely. Wow. Like I'm all in. And so, you know, writing a book gave me, first of all, so much respect for authors because yeah. it's very hard to write a book. And this isn't even a novel or anything. This is a, a it's a devotional book. So it's um, sure. it's called The Sunshine Mind, 100 Days to Finding the Hope and Joy You Want. Tanya and I had to really dig deep and, and we use personal examples from our own life. And so I think, you know, being vulnerable is hard. We're living in this time where people are really struggling to have a healthy sense of self. Yeah. There's so much bullying online, whether TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, all of these things that, that we're all on, right? So my hope with this book was that Tanya and I could impart and share the things that we've learned in our own life to help others maintain a healthy sense of self in this kind of 
great, yeah. tough world that we live in. And that's why we called it the sunshine mind, because I think that there is darkness in this world, but there's so much more light. And we all have the power within us to have a sunshine mindset. Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so I wrote the book to help people. Tanya did the same. And um, we believe it's really going to make a difference. What did you learn about yourself by writing it? I learned that I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. Uh, oh, no, I was like, it, would, it was the most bizarre thing. It would be like, okay, we have this deadline on this date. And I literally, what I had weeks to accomplish, I would get more done in three days yeah. than weeks. So that's something <laughs> maybe a little more surface that I learned. I was like, I don't even think it's necessarily a bad thing. I just am like, wow, I'm a, definitely a procrastinator. Everything that I've been through when I was like kind of div- digging deep and like writing about the stuff that was hard for me in certain times of, of my life, I, I guess I learned that it really happened for a reason. I mean, yeah. the fact that I'm sitting there writing this book that that really happened very organically. Tanya came to me. We end up getting a book deal, which actually is like really difficult to get. Sure. I was like, this is for a reason and this is for a purpose. And that that kind of really was a, a cool moment to have of like, OK, that the pain, the hard stuff, it, it was it was meant to be because now I'm able to share that and help others maybe overcome some of the same things. Yeah, that's kind of my next question, I guess. What do you hope people get out of the book? I don't know, just that it's... Sometimes you maybe you have to fight for the light. Yeah. But it's possible and it's worth it because what's on the other side of our fears, what's on the other side of our pain is peace, is freedom. Mm-hmm. And... So I hope that when people read the personal examples from Tanya and I, I hope when they read the scriptures, I hope when they read the interpretations of the scriptures and um, practice some of the challenges that we put in there, every every day ends with a challenge or with a prayer. Got you. I hope that they start to see some change in their life. I hope that they start to see more light. I hope that they, they stop taking you know, s- certain things that might be hard or, or you know, like a, a mean comment on social media. I hope they stop taking it personally you know and that they really just kind of step into the light amazingly well said one thing i wanted to ask you about which is something that you know i have experienced i guess my whole career is and just you know i know obviously you're very close with selena and stuff but like the idea of like having a famous friend yeah you know and what that means like i feel like i've experienced fame mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but from right next to it but mm-hmm. not actually the fame yeah fame used to be kind of like a distant thing right like you'd have movie stars yeah. you have pop stars but it, it didn't really feel mainstream it was yeah. something that kind of existed in magazines and then now with tiktok with um mm-hmm. instagram with all the stuff with reality tv you've got a lot more people that that can access a certain level of fame and so I think even more so people are striving for this and thinking if I had that then I would be happy and I think what's been so interesting for me being around you know people in the spotlight is knowing that fame and and success and all that does not lead to happiness happiness comes from having a deep sense of self and there are so many challenges that come with being famous. So I've been able to see that up close. It's 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 can be hard in a lot of ways, you know, because you you're this person that is subject to to opinions on ap- absolutely every area of your life. And so sure. I just I I actually have so much love and um compassion for people that are in 
the spotlight because it's not it's not easy, you know? know? I I agree for sure. So for me, I think it's just helped me to see up close that that, that that's not, you know, what necessarily leads to happiness, even though a lot of people think it it is. And um, there's nothing wrong with fame or with success if you if you're deeply rooted. For me, it's just I also see people as people, you know, and so I think that's helped me as well be around people in the spotlight is that at the end of the day, like, you know, we're all human. And so treating people as humans and not treating anybody differently because they're more known or or yeah. less known. It's just treating everybody the same and showing them all, everyone, the same amount of love, the same amount of honesty um, and respect. Yesterday, I was gathering some questions just for today to answer, just for myself. And one of the questions was like, you know, how do you deal with like a, a celebrity on set? And I'm like, I just, I really try and like you said, just treat everyone the same. You know, I yeah. just think that ultimately we are just all people. Yeah, and we all have different, Our all of our paths are different. So sometimes we all have different sets of responsibilities or like, I think it's amazing to admire people who have achieved, you know, maybe the height of success. That's incredible. That's really hard to do. And I yeah. think that you can admire that in people. But I think any time that you are, you know, putting people on a pedestal, it, it's, it's, it's not healthy, you know? No, I agree. And I think you're totally right in the fact that you can look up to these people and think they've got everything. Yeah. But really, you know, we are all searching for different things, right? And something that, you, you know, you, you may think that that person has everything, but they may be searching for something different to you or yeah. you know I think that is a very unique dynamic I would say it you is know? unique I think with both of us as well you know we have also work relationships yeah and friendships with these people you know like of course for me you know a lot of the artists I work with like I really considered them friends mm-hmm. um, and we work together and we're also friends so mm-hmm. it is also that getting that dynamic right as well yeah huh? I think it works really well actually because when you know someone that deeply and intimately as a friend you're able to work with them well because you know them right you 100%. know their heart you know what they like you know what they don't like so I think it actually really Really yeah, we always out. say that with like Calvin Harris. I've been working yeah. with for you know twenty two videos. What we do so it's much amazing, with him, yeah. and I always say to him like, I know exactly what he's not going to like and yeah. what he's going to like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, and I think that when you create that shared taste with someone and that yeah. shared like vision, you know, which I guess moves me on to my other you know question. From from your point of view, you know, recently you've been in a, in a big documentary. You're in it and you produce it, right? So, mm-hmm. just tell us a bit about and you know just. Honestly, it's been so. I've seen a lot of stuff on social media, and like you know, classic. It's just social media. I mean, I think that just from my point of view, it's like so tough when you're making your inner documentary to create a certain narrative. You know, it's ninety minutes. There's certain things you're trying to say within it. Yeah. I mean, what was your? Well, I think that's the. It's exactly what you said. In ninety minutes, you're seeing a glimpse into someone's life, and we felt like with this documentary, it was really important to show. Um, you know, a a real friendship. And so Selena and I have been friends for the last decade because we're real and and honest with each other. And I think sometimes it's hard because when people are watching something, you're seeing a glimpse into someone's life and, and not necessarily the full picture. So we have so many moments like any real friendship right you laugh together you cry together you have real honest moments together and I think 
you know, given that this documentary was a lot about um, her mental health journey, we felt like it was important to show the realness in our friendship and the honesty, which is how in both ways she's helped me. I've helped her grow through being honest and truthful with each other, you know, and um, so I, I feel like that was shown in in the documentary and um, you know, of course, anytime you put something out, you're subject to yeah. the opinion of a lot of people. And I, of course, people said, I, I read, you know, some things that people said. And, you know, it was heartbreaking to see because it's not true. You no, know, we, we have a, a beautiful, amazing, real, honest friendship. And so that's what I found so hard to see, you know, mm-hmm. like from my POV you are an amazing friend, right? And, and I think that when you give so much to someone as a friend and a, and a friend to someone who's in the spotlight, right? Like there is an element that you, I don't know, you just, you give so much to all your friends, yeah. right? You just, and, and, you, and, you, and you, you give them everything. And for people, like that's what I have. I'm fr- I get so frustrated with social media because I just think it's full of opinions. It's full of what people like to think that they're, I just think that like, I don't know. I get frustrated. Well, I, I just think it's a negative place. A I think lot. to go back to what we were talking about, about spirituality, I think that there's a peace that comes when you know who you are. And so I know that I'm a great friend. Yeah. I love my friends. My friends love me. I know who I am yeah. and I know the kind of friend that I am. And I love my friends and they love me. And I think that um, that's ultimately what matters. It is hard to watch. It's hard to see. Anytime you do anything in life, you're always going to be subject to opinions of of other people. But that's okay. It's yeah. okay. It's part of life, you know, and it's part of being vulnerable. And, you know, my hope with this was that it came across as, as honest and real. And that's the kind of friendship that we have. And if people took it another way, then there's nothing I can do about that. You know, I would love to just touch on a bit of you know the the work you're doing kind of in the philanthropy space yeah because I think that you're doing such amazing things there and we obviously talk a lot about how can we change the world in a way that feels authentic to us right because I think that we're from a new generation that I don't know when I look at the non-profit space or Mm -hmm. you know the charity space I think it can mean a lot of different things what's your approach to to kind of working with the in in this yeah so well so first I I have a podcast. It's called Giving Back Generation, where I share people's stories. So I talk to people that I admire and that are making a difference in their life. So that's one way of, for me, of sharing is, is sharing other people's stories and, and, you know, amplifying what they do. Um, I do a lot of volunteer work, I've done volunteer work with um, the Ryan Seacrest Foundation. They um, have studios in children's hospitals where um, kids can come and kind of host their own radio show or or do stuff. So I've done a lot of work with them. Um, I've worked with different homeless organizations to help Tanya and I also have done this together where we'll make lunch bags and um, pass them out. My friend um, AJ Rellin has an amazing organization called Hashtag Lunch Bag. Amazing. Um, So work with him. But a bunch of things. It's really whatever comes my way but like aside of from organizations um a lot of of my life when we talk about giving and and doing stuff that's not you know just it's just out of your heart it's not a job it's giving a lot of that is within my friendships so I I truly love being a friend and being a support to people and I think that 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 means like going out of your way for a friend, whatever their needs are. Everyone's needs are different at different times. But a lot of my free time is spent being there for 
my friends. And sure. um, and I love that. It's so fulfilling to me. And, and um, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I think we touched on it earlier. I do really believe that when you're doing stuff for other people, it is the, mm-hmm. the truest form of happiness, you know? I it really is. It, do. It's the only way to, to be happy is to live a life of service, of serving others, whatever you do, whatever your gifts and talents are, whatever people have be, are, are in your life. It's, it's to give. That's the way to be happy. With everything that's going on, just the fact that you're so positive, and I think just in general, you're always so positive. You know, I think that staying positive is it, it can be so hard you know like even my I remember my mum said what I said to her I said something about happiness and she said you got to work on happiness and I remember yeah. thinking like what does she mean by that mm-hmm. but I do I totally see now is like you can't just expect to be happy you know you really have to do the things that like you say like buy someone a coffee in the line like mm-hmm. jump in the ocean like spend yeah. time with friends like you have to really work you have to get it. outside of self yeah. i think it's getting outside of yourself and that's why i've talked so much in this podcast about having a spiritual life because when you have a spiritual life you're focused on what's bigger than you nature it's bigger than 100%. us like a higher power it's bigger than us and i think when we get outside of ourselves that's when we or inflow. I agree. Our life, and I know? think maybe for the simplest thing that anyone who's listening, you know, could do right now is yeah, is walk out to the nature, isn't it? Walk yeah. out to the forest, walk out to the yeah. beach, walk out to a field, like wherever it is, walk outside. <laughs> Get out there. Get out there. All Get right, out Alex, there. play us out. Play Woo! us out. <laughs> Raquel Stevens, what a guest. Uh, I just want to personally thank her for coming on. I got to, like, get my God game up. <laughs> you, you you need some more spirituality, I think. I do. I think you do. I need it. Thank you, Raquel. <laughs> Listeners' questions. What a great little segment. Um, you know, been doing it so, so long, it feels. It's great to have people ask you, you know, things that they're looking to know more about. Um, obviously, it's just my perspective, but glad to give some insight, you know. What film or TV show do I wish that I've directed? I love the movie Taxi Driver. I just think that it's such an... Uh, I'm a big fan of films that are focused on one character and I am very interested in loneliness and and what loneliness means and you know I think it's I think it's a, a real modern day problem especially with social media so I feel that like even though Taxi Driver was made years ago it does explore this kind of intense loneliness but also the way that Scorsese kind of captured the city like the way that you felt like you were just in New York you know from the shots of the steam and the just just every little detail felt like he was pulling you into the world how do I get through a creative block I go for a drive I feel like driving and listening to music is like the perfect thing you know for having ideas I think that when you're driving you kind of shut off that functional side of your brain and you're able to really think quite clearly other ways when I have a you know a a block is I like to play other music if I'm like writing a music video idea and I've got one song on sometimes I have to like play a completely different song that's like so different and just kind of think of 
ideas from a different perspective and then come back to the song I was working on. Um, so yeah, trying to change my mindset. Do I still chef it up? That's a good question. That's from the big we. I remember seeing that question come through. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I was a chef before I started in the industry. I think chefing trained me so well in how to deal with people. You know, like in the in the kitchen, it's very stressful. There's a lot of people, a lot of egos, a lot of things going on. So it, it trained me very well. Do I still chef it up? I do, but it's a bit of a number. I have to go big. I have to cook a lot because it, I kind of, I'm used to just a lot going on in the kitchen. I can't just make like a little dish. I have to do like lots of different things. What is the most challenging part about my job? I think the pitching, you know, for anyone who's in the industry, but even if you're not, I mean, the pitching process is you have to write ideas, you have to sell your ideas. So whether it's a music video, a commercial, like whatever it's for, you ultimately get sent a brief or the song or whatever it is, and you have to kind of pitch your concept. So that comes through words, photo, video, and it's very time consuming and you can fall in love with the idea and then ultimately not get it. I think you know, I always feel that you only get like 10% of what you pitch on. So that is a pretty drastic ratio for the amount that you're working, ideating, conceptualizing, building treatments, doing these pitches to not win them is kind of, it's tough. And it's hard to kind of lose, like here you lost one and kind of get back on the horse and just be like, nah, 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 it's not. Because it can feel like a real reflection of yourself and it can feel like you're rejected, you got the no, you know. So, yeah, I think the pitching process is tough. What was the spark that made me love the industry? I think the excitement of being on set, you know, just... When all those people come together to create this one thing, I remember it right when I started and I, I, got, I got it the other day on the Justin Timberlake, Romeo Santos video where I was just like, isn't it amazing that all these people with completely different disciplines, completely different ideologies, thought processes, inspirations can all come together and try and create this like vision around this singular moment. So I think, yeah, like bringing people together to create is very special. Top five of the week. I want to start off by shouting out the Amalite team. They're at the top of my top five of the week. I just love everyone at Amalite. And I'm just so blessed to have such amazing people. We've got, so, we've got uh, a new member who started this week who is amazing. And yeah, I just, you know, as a, as a company, we have a lot thrown at us, you know, a lot changes, it's very fast paced, it's stressful, it's all these things. And, you know, we all come together and kind of create these amazing things. And I'm just so proud and thankful for everyone. And just amazing to watch everyone on their own endeavors. And yeah. My next one is swimming. I know I talk a lot about the ocean and stuff, but I don't actually swim in the ocean. I dunk in the ocean because it's so cold. Oh. But this week I've started swimming. I go to a local swimming pool. I do a lot of lengths. Nice. What well, do you swim ever? I don't know why I feel self-conscious trying hard in a swimming pool. Like <laughs> when oh, other I, people are there, you know. I don't I mean? try hard at all. <laughs> I actually try the most to 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 not go. I just like 
breaststroke, underwater. Oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a mellow, I'm a mellow swimmer. I'm not this like crawler. Because the thing, the thing is, is like swimming is a weird act because it's like you're basically trying not to die in front of other people because if you stop, if you don't swim, you're going under. So that's like, <laughs> that's embarrassing. It's good. It's like, don't I'm mind me, here, almost dead, I'm but just not. here trying not to die. <laughs> right. Well, that's a great segue into my next one. Oh, wow. Raisins. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I just been, I'm banging to raisins this week. Me too, I love them. They're so good, you know, they're just like, they're great snack, they're small, they're nimble. You know, you can get them in the little boxes, so you just have a little box, or you can get the big tub. Mm -hmm. It's funny how, I think about this with French fries, chips, where I'm from, Yeah, is that when you have one from someone else or from a small packet, it's very different to when you have the whole lot. Yeah. And I feel like that with raisins. I like to take the little boxes and just take a few. Do you know what I do? I get a cinnamon raisin bagel, oh, and then oh, I put stop. I put cream cheese on it. Stop. And then I put, I sprinkle oh, extra raisins stop. on the cream stop. cheese. You know what's <laughs> actually banging is raisin bread. Correct. And the fact that they're just grapes, dried grapes, always blows my mind. My fourth one is driving. I'm just a mm. big, I feel that there's, you know, you can have such great ideas when you drive, and yeah. you can just really be clear-headed. Sometimes you can get a bit too thoughtful but i think driving listening to music at night is is one of the a similar feeling to being in the ocean you know you just feel like at one with the planet you know it is it is it's one of my favorite things to do and people never understand this so like you live two hours outside of la and you just come in for some event and come out They're like you don't want to stay over and whatever i'm like you don't know how good it is yeah. to like be in your car you've just done something fun you've gotten all your willies out and you're just heading back, you're just blasting some good music. Yeah, just, and it's just your space, isn't yeah. it? It's like you're just, it, it is truly your bed, it's like your moving bedroom, I feel. Yeah, totally. Oh, uh, well, my last one is rain. Oh, man. I think rain is, when rain is like heavy, it is a beautiful thing. <sighs> Standing in the rain is enlightening. Everyone made fun of Drew Barrymore when she made that video, but I'll tell you what, she is right on the money. I I was like, she's correct, and people were like, Drew Barrymore, it's so Shout silly. Shout out, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Well, another amazing week, another amazing guest. Thank you for joining us, Alex Russick. Play us out. Play us out. <laughs>